from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. What is up, people? Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCall. DT, I want to give like a big like wahoo to this morning. I'm, I'm very excited to be back here. As you know, for those of you that have followed along on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, the man's been traveling, okay? Been traveling a lot, a lot going on, a lot to do, yada yada, and the yada yada. So, traveling, not feeling well. It's, it's got, it got on a brother. So I'm happy to be here with you this morning. I feel better. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not traveling within the next two days as far as I know. So that's a good thing too. So it's nice. It's nice to be here. It's nice to speak with you. It's nice to have you here this morning. So I'm, I'm happy to be here with you all. And I want to wish you a very happy Monday morning. So for those of you that you know, we're sad about, you know, schedule changes and whatnot to the show due to travel. Now, you know, we are Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And, you know, during the tournament and whatnot, that changes from time to time. But we are here and this is back to normal, which is good stuff here. So 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. And as you know, Monday through Friday is the way that we go. So welcome back here to the broadcast. Hope that you're all doing well. And I appreciate you listening into the show this morning. We got a jam-packed show. We have some news about Chick-fil-A Cicero and its connection to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And on top of all of that, we are going to be unveiling for the first time ever the Chick-fil-A Cicero commercial, which I created right here for you. So this is a wake-up call creation. The commercial that you will hear was produced and put together, edited, and everything by Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, by yours truly. You're going to be hearing that in just a little bit, and I'm very excited to unveil that to you for the first time ever. So that'll be coming up in just a little bit here. And the morning menu, before I announce everything that's coming, why don't we let you listen to it, and then we'll make it happen. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. When you hear that sound, you know it's time to give you the list of topics for the day and what is coming up on the broadcast. So for today, Monday, March 26th, we have inside of the morning menu some fun stuff going on in today's show. So let's jump right into it and let you know what's popping on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. First and foremost, the NCAA tournaments come down to four. We will discuss the road to the Final Four coming up in just a moment here. We're going to start the show with that. 
and then I will read your responses to what you'll remember from this special Syracuse run in this NCAA tournament live during Wake Up Call this morning. I asked you all to, to give your responses. We had a ton of responses from you, so I'm going to read them all off this morning and get into yours and, and my comments to that and whatnot, and then we will get in before we round out today's show with my one-on-one conversations with Howard Washington Jr., O'Shea Brissett, Matt Moyer, Tyus Battle, Brahma Sidibe, Pascal Chuku, and Marek Dolajai, all following Syracuse's special run in this year's NCAA tournament. So these are what they did allowing what they did allowing what they did all the way through to Omaha. So this is the final locker room post the loss to Duke in the Sweet 16. So you're going to hear what the Syracuse Orange had to say to me. Like I said on today's broadcast in the second hour of the show, you will hear from Howard Washington Jr., Oh, Barama City El Chuku, Barama City El Chuku, Barama City El Chuku, Barama City Bay, and Marek Dolajai all coming up in just a little bit here. And not before I read your comments and your responses on Syracuse this morning. So make sure that you listen in for that. So that is what's coming up on today's show. Plenty of great things coming up this week. Very excited to have you here. Very excited to be back to the normal schedule and very excited and honored and appreciative to God for giving me the opportunity to go on the road and get to do all the wonderful things I got to do. So yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, there was moments where I didn't feel that great. No, I'm not at 100%, 100% right now, but I will tell you with utter certainty that I wouldn't change a thing because God was great, God is great, and God will continue to be great. And all the blessings that he gave me on my trip we will never go unnoticed, underappreciated, or not respected. So thank you to God for everything that you gave me on this trip, including peace of mind, which most of all, <laughs> that, that went such a long way with me. So thank you so much, and I love you for that. So thank you. With that being said, let's jump into tourney talk and what has happened here on your bracket that, like many, is probably beat red and not in good shape not in good shape right now and that's okay that's okay it's it's very funny to me how i could have easily picked kansas cuz i had kansas and duke so I, I look at this bracket i had villanova and the funny thing about this is i chose virginia to beat villanova and Knowing that Villanova scores, you know, can score 75, 80 points a game. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Choke another shell. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Woo. Told you. Still not feeling 100%. So the, the body is not completely back here. And... Thanks to live radio. Got to choke a little bit here on the show. So hope <clears throat> that your bracket is still alive, still well, and still functioning. But the way that most brackets look right now, like I said, beat red and all kinds of crazy. And, you know, Villanova, like I, I at the beginning of the season, I got asked the question, who do I think could win the NCAA tournament? And I said, you know, feet to the fire. If I had to pick anybody to win the tournament while the season was 
in full swing. I said Virginia and Villanova, in my opinion, are the two teams that are primed to win the NCAA tournament. And I picked Virginia and Villanova to go to the championship game. And I ended up picking Virginia over Villanova. Hindsight 2020, good chance that Villanova is going to make it to this championship. I think it's going to be Villanova and Loyola. I do. I'm not saying that Michigan's not good, but Loyola's on some type of a run right now that has been amazing. And, you know, what Loyola has been able to do has, I mean, it it defies your bracket. It defies, you know, people's expectations and their thoughts. Some of you probably had no idea that there was a school named Loyola or that there's multiple schools named Loyola and then this is the one in Chicago. I mean, or even where Loyola plays their conference games. You know, it's one of those things where you look at these Loyola Chicago Ramblers from the Mountain Valley Conference and, and how well did people know who they were before we even got into this tournament. But you know who they are now. And that, I mean, that's, that's the craziness about this is that this team, this Loyola (coughs) Ramblers team has been something special and they ran through that South bracket, Virginia's bracket. Virginia is supposed to be the number one overall number one seed. They get beat by UMBC, the 16 seed, a 16 seed had never beaten a one. They were 0 and 135. Now they're 1 and 135. Buffalo beat Arizona in this. I had that happening. Nevada made a huge run. Loyola played up against Nevada in two big underdog stories, but Loyola the bigger one. And then Kansas State took down Kentucky. So, I mean, you look at this bracket. Cincinnati was a two. They were supposed to get pretty far. Tennessee, good team out of the SEC this year. Definitely brought themselves back up into the spotlight of the SEC. Kentucky, they're always supposed to be relevant. Virginia, number one overall seed, but the team that makes it out is number 11, Loyola Chicago, which I believe is the fourth time an 11 seed has advanced to the final four. And then in the West bracket, we look at Xavier, who I told you was the weakest number one seed. Turns out Virginia ended up being that way, but Xavier still lost to Florida State in the round of 32, so they only won a game. They only won a game. That was it. And I told you that. I said, I really don't see them going that far. They won a game. Florida State got all the way to Michigan. And Michigan, the three seed in this, had some semblance of reality and were able to get to the final four. But we look at, you know, Michigan and they had to beat Houston by a point in the round of 32 to move on to the Sweet 16. They had to face Texas A&M. And they scored 99 points on Texas A&M. Beat them by 27 points. 27 points Michigan beat Texas A&M. After Texas A&M beat North Carolina, the defending champions, by 21 points. So it's very strange. You know, that you got Texas A&M annihilating North Carolina and then getting annihilated by Michigan. And then with Villanova, you look at Villanova and Villanova wins their first game over Radford, the 16 seed, by 20-plus. They beat Alabama by 20-plus. They beat West West Virginia by 12, so it gets a little bit closer in that game. 
and then they beat Texas Tech to move on to the Final Four. They beat Texas Tech, who had taken down Purdue by almost 20 points in that game. So they're that they've been the team that I expected them to be get in the 70s or get in the 80s and just keep winning. They scored 87 in their first game, then 81, then 90, then 71 to get on to the Final Four. And then the Jayhawks, the number one seed of the Midwest, they beat Penn, who some people are nervous about in the beginning of this game. And then they took down Seton Hall in a very close matchup that they only won by four points. Then they took down a Clemson team in the Sweet 16 in Omaha, Nebraska, that pushed them to a four-point game. Think about this, how Kansas won. Villanova's winning double digits, double digits, double digits, double digits. Kansas is beating Penn coming back in that game from being down. They beat Seton Hall by four. They beat Clemson by four. And they beat Duke by four to get into the Final Four. So it's just it's just really interesting how these teams do what they did, right? Loyola Chicago won their first game by two points, their next game by a point, their next game by a point, and then beat Kansas State by 16. So finally got that double-digit win to go to the Final Four. And then Michigan takes advantage of a Texas A&M team who got up big on North Carolina, and they beat them big to move forward. And then they take on Florida State's and they beat Florida State in an ugly game, 58-54, to to get to the Final Four. Then you got Kansas winning their last three games by four points, and you got Villanova spanking everybody. So it's just interesting how people got here and the roads that they got here and, and just what these teams look like at this point. Villanova looks like Villanova. Kansas looks like Kansas did this year because they, they lost some games. They won some games. So they're squeaking by. They're getting away. They're getting by. They're outlasting teams. Villanova's annihilating teams. Michigan is surging late and doing what they need to do, but they've been up and down in scoring. And Loyola was close game, close game, close game. Let's break out and win this damn thing and go to the Final Four. So Loyola looks like they're playing their best basketball right now. And the Final Four is Loyola, Chicago, Villanova, Michigan, and Kansas. Who would have thunk it? Now, there's some people that every year pick number ones. So you had half the bracket right if that's something that you did. You know, you had you had Villanova, you had Virginia, you had Xavier, you had Kansas. So, you know, you were right to an extent, obviously. And, <clears throat> and things worked out for you somewhat this time around. So that's a good thing. But ultimately, you know, you have to you have to make these choices to the best of your ability and when it comes down to it, it's called March Madness for a reason. There's a reason why it's not easy to pick the bracket. There's a reason why the, you know, year to year, people are kind of scratching their heads going, I thought I made good choices here. I thought I picked the right people. I thought I knew what I was doing. Dan, I, I thought I had it. And the fact of the matter is, every year is crazy. But I told you that this year was going to be the year of the upset during the season into the NCAA tournament more so than any other year. I said, I felt, I just had a feeling that this was the year where we were going to scratch our heads a little bit more, be confused a little bit more, and I was going to be more pride-filled in these universities that don't get the respect that they deserve. So, you know, this to me has been a great season because it has been so different. It has been so crazy. And I love the craziness of March Madness. 
I love what it does to teams. It means a lot to me as a broadcaster to be able to speak on somebody different right now and see somebody different right now and be able to, you know, speak on Loyola Chicago and what Loyola Chicago can bring to the game and and what they can do and and how they can create and and you know how they got here and to tell their story because that's the thing is, you know, it, it, it's one thing to look at these games and say, okay, well, these are the teams that are supposed to win. But you know me. I don't like saying mid-major. I don't like saying low-major. I like giving respect where respect is due. And to give that to give that respect where respect is due, for me, it's fun to see these teams win games that they're quote-unquote not supposed to win because it makes it exciting. It makes the whole tournament something special. And the thing is, you know, people say, well, if, if my teams lose or my bracket's busted, I'm not going to watch the tournament. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. We always end up watching it. Who had Loyola Chicago? Who had Loyola Chicago? Nobody. Almost nobody. Probably nobody. But they're there. And you're going to watch it. And you know what? You kind of want them to beat Michigan. You do. And if you're a Michigan fan, you want Michigan to win. But if Loyola wins, you kind of don't feel as bad as you would feel if the if the other ones had, had gotten in, and if it was Virginia. The right side of the bracket looks normal. Number one and a number one. The West, with all the craziness, somehow came out okay with Michigan, but still underdog a little bit. The South bracket, total annihilation. Buffalo, Nevada, Loyola, Kansas State running the show. And that's what makes it awesome. And that's what makes it interesting. So, this tournament has been more than exciting for me. I'm out on the road covering these games. I'm in Dayton, Ohio for the first four. I'm in Detroit for the round of 64 and the round of 32. I'm, you know, out in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight area, the Midwest region. I'm out in Omaha, Nebraska getting out there for the Sweet 16 and, and Syracuse there and whatnot. So I'm covering all these games, and I'm pay attention, paying attention to all these teams that are in front of my face, but I'm also rushing home to the hotel and turning on the TV and wanting to see what happened and paying attention and going online and looking at this, looking at that, and going through the airport and watching the TV as I'm going by on the people mover, looking at Loyola and what the score is, and leaving my gate so that I could go because my gate didn't have the TV on to Loyola. So I left my gate and went over and sat at a different gate. And then I'm like, okay, I probably have to go to make sure I get on my flight. But I left the gate so that I could watch the game because I'm a fan of it all. I'm a fan of every single part of March Madness. It's not just, you know, the team you cheer for in the comfort of your own home or what does your bracket have or this and that. To me... You know, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of college basketball. And I love the fact that, you know, this year has really turned out to be what I thought it would be. And so much more than that, which is the year of the upset, the year of the what the hell is going on. And that's the beauty of it all, is it has been such an amazing season for Kansas State to show up outside of, you know, to, to be in the Big 12 and for Kansas State to show up as much as they did to, you know, Loyola Chicago and, and their, I mean, their story, they are the darlings of the dance. And how about this folks? The last time they made it to the final four was 1963 and they won it. The last time they went to the final four was in 1963 
and they won the, the NCAA tournament. They won the tournament. They won the what, what whatever it was back then. It was obviously not called March Madness or whatnot, but they made it to the Final Four in 1963, and they won it all. And coming from the Missouri Valley Conference, that's where Wichita State used to be. So Wichita State leaves. And we know how good Wichita State has been. And we know Wichita State in 2013 made it to the Final Four with Syracuse and, ironically, Michigan. And now here we are again. How crazy and how how interesting is that? The last time Michigan made it to the Final Four, it was in 2013. Michigan makes it, and they make it with Wichita State from what was from the then-Missouri Valley Conference when Wichita State was in there. Now... Wichita leaves, goes to the American Athletic. Loyola Chicago steps up as top dog in the Missouri Valley, and they're there with Michigan in the NCAA tournament. I just I, I find I find things like that interesting. And Sister Jean Dolores Dolores Schmidt, she is somebody who reminds me of my grandmother. So, you know, for me, she is a very, very special lady. I feel like they're making this run for her and for them and for God. You know, and, and, and it's just, it's an amazing story to tell. And and I can't get enough of it, you know. I'm trying to find the perfect words to describe this year's NCAA tournament, but it's like, you know, people were bamboozled. It was ginormous. I mean, it's like I, I can't even use normal words and normal vocabulary because it wasn't a normal NCAA tournament. It was fun. It was ex- it was exciting. It was exhilarating. And the thing that was so cool was that two years ago, when I followed, when I covered Syracuse all the way through to the Final Four, and was in, let's think of where I went here, St. Louis, Chicago, and Houston. When I was going through that run, that was the year that I picked Stephen F. Austin and Northern Iowa and Hawaii. And all this, and my 14 seeds and my 13 seeds are winning. I think I had, like, out of crazy picks, I think I had them all right except for two. So, you know, it's those are the things that you live for, is, is seeing, you know, obviously everybody wants their team to win, okay? You want your team to win. That's a normalcy. But if you go back and look at this year and, and say to yourself that you weren't excited with these games and... You know, I will say this, the, the bracket that Syracuse was in, the Midwest bracket, that's the one that was the cleanest one for me. I had Kansas beating Penn. I had NC State beating Seton Hall, so I had one wrong in the round of 64. Kansas was right. Clemson over New Mexico State. Auburn over Charleston. Syracuse over TCU. Michigan State over Bucknell. Rhode Island over Oklahoma. Duke over Iona. Then in the next round, I had Kansas, Auburn, Michigan State, Duke, so I had two of those four right, and then Kansas and Duke, I had them both right. So my Midwest bracket was the cleanest bracket that I had. My, you know, my other brackets were filled with green and red, not completely annihilated, but it's funny how Texas Tech, I wanted to pick St. Bonnie's. I thought Bonnie's would beat Florida and then maybe make a run, but I thought if they beat Florida, maybe that was going to be it. And Texas Tech, that pesky team sitting there, and I said to myself, you know, I, I should pick Texas. I shouldn't pick against Texas Tech. It's going to be hard if St. Bonnie's wins that game, which I thought they would against Florida, to beat Texas Tech. And Texas Tech, you know, to their amazing run, which I think, you know, I hope it doesn't go unnoticed this year. 
they were able, they beat Stephen F. Austin, who's played spoiler before. They beat Florida. Then they beat Purdue. And then they went on to play Villanova in the Elite Eight. It's kind of funny how, like, Villanova, there's just an expectation that they're going to make it to the championship game. So, because the last few years under Jay Wright, he is he is a fine wine because he has gotten more than better with time. And it's like, who did Villanova even play in the Elite Eight? Because we just automatically were like, Villanova's going to make it. You know, they got to make it because Villanova, out of every team in here, is going to bring some normalcy. But that's the thing about it is that Villanova has become a normalcy. Kansas has stayed a normalcy. Michigan, up and down. Loyola, not at all. You know? And that, that's what I find so interesting, is that the left side of our bracket, the south and the west, has been a head-scratcher, but the east and the midwest turned out normal. Turned out relatively normal. You know, you had your Elite Eight with your one and your two. In the Midwest, you had your Elite Eight with your one and your three in the East. And your ones took it. She got one, one, three, and 11. And isn't this an amazing, amazing tournament to where we got to right now? And in my opinion, I think Loyola is primed to do this thing. I think it's going to be Loyola and, and Villanova. I do. I think Loyola is going to the championship game and, you know... <laughs> If they go there, man, this is going to be a season. This is going to continue to be a season, and I can't wait. If you're not stoked about the Final Four, I want to buy a Final Four shirt right now. And I should have listened to myself with Villanova, but I think they're going to see Loyola Chicago on the other side of this thing, and it ain't going to be pretty. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call for a fast break. We'll come back with more conversation on the NCAA tournament as now we finally know who our final four are going to be. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com
This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you. This morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. So I am reading your comments right now live on the show as we continue here in the morning menu inside of Wake Up Call. I'm reading your comments on what you will remember about what you'll remember most about this Syracuse Orange season. So... Very excited for this and very excited to share these with you. This is what the fans had to say about Syracuse. So let's jump into it. Putting this out here right now, letting everybody know, because I know that a bunch of you that had made comments about the season obviously want to uh, want to hear them this morning. So I'm putting a little, little message out there for you so that you all have this and that you know what's going on here. And so you can get all the information that you need on on where to listen. So sending this out to everybody right now on Twitter and Facebook to read your comments on what you'll remember most on this Syracuse Orange season. And what your what your biggest takeaways are going to be from this Syracuse Orange season. So I got a bunch and I, I tried to reply to every single one of yours. There were so many people that wrote in. It was ridiculous. I want to say that we got over 50 comments or something crazy like that. So I'm going to get into it and read them off to you right now. I want to make sure that everybody knows here what's coming. So, But your comments on Syracuse's season, what the fans had to say about Syracuse. And I'm going to start with some of the comments that I received on Facebook. So let's get to those right now so we can jump into this thing and share those with you. So this is what you had to say. Once again, these are the fans' thoughts. I asked the question right after Syracuse had lost to Duke in the Sweet 16. I put, all I'm asking is to share this. I said, good evening, all. I'm asking to share this live on my show. What will you remember most about the orange season? And this is what I got. From John, he said, hustle and heart. Being an underdog pretty much all season and providing people and proving people wrong and earning the respect of this fan base in the country. And I wrote back to him, 
this fan base should know that this team will fight with them or without them, as it ha- as it felt at times it was. They proved their worth to themselves, and hopefully those that turned their back on the Orange have learned a valuable lesson. Kim said, watching these young men react as Syracuse was called out as the last team in, and I said, happy moments are what bring us together. We must come together in the tough ones as well. Uh, Lisa said, how fans all across the country bleed orange. And then being a play-in team and making it to the Sweet 16, remarkable season. Jake said the consistent inability to rebound. So Jake took a little bit of a different approach. Not the most positive of approaches, but he had a point. Did he not have a point? He had a point. This team struggled to rebound. They did. They did that hot potato thing where they would get their fingertips on the rebounds, but they wouldn't rebound the ball outright. And that obviously caused some issues for Syracuse. So, you know, the the inability to rebound, rebound, you know, even though most people wrote positive answers here, you can't go. I mean, you really can't refute what was said there. I mean, he the team needs to get better in rebounding. That's that's a for sure. Melvin said, picking Michigan in my bracket, but rooting for Cuse and watching the whole sloppy game. Uh, Team T said that this was, without a doubt, Bayheim's best coaching performance in his long career. Kudos to him and his dedicated staff. Uh, Sarah said, the way they stepped up during the tournament, they played so well, kept a good attitude, and put their whole heart into it. It's very true. The comments Bayheim and the guys had after the Duke game really spoke volumes about how they came together as a team. And it's true. You know, they, they care and they love each other. They care and they love each other. And that that is something that can never go unnoticed or understated. This team cares and loves each other very deeply, very truly, very honestly, and uh, they're willing to fight for their brothers. And, and that's something that you can't, you just can't buy. Uh, Dan said, not me, this is Dan P, said, me, just a reminder how much I detest Syracuse basketball and Jim Beheim, but that's just me. So, got a little bit of, of a bitter guy right there. Barbara said, the Orange support continually throughout the season. I'm sure it means a lot to each and every player and coach. Also, Cuse's reaction when they were 68 in the picks to play in the NCAA tournament. So proud of Cuse. So, yet another fan that is celebrating how, you know, celebrating and appreciating how Cuse celebrated getting into the tournament. So those are a bunch of your comments. We have so many more. I got to roll into all of these right now. So let's see what I got here. I want to make sure I get to every single person's comment on Syracuse. So let's see what we got here. I got two more here that came in from Sandy. Their heart. People forgot these are kids. We all love going to the games and the excitement in the and the excitement in the dome. And these kids are the ones getting us through the winter. Kudos to them and their parents. And I agreed with Sandy. I said, "Yeah, they are kids, and they play half their collegiate career if they stay all year, all uh, the whole time. They play half, if not three quarters, of their collegiate career as teenagers with people screaming at them and booing them and this and that. It takes a lot to." As an adult, take people screaming and booing and heckling you. Try doing it when you're 17 years old. And these kids do it. And they did it very well this year. And then uh, Cuse Nation podcast said the way this team fought, so much heart. They never gave up. 
believe they could beat anyone despite the adversity they'd need to overcome to do it. Absolutely an amen to that. Ectocores said, don't forget what I wrote you after the game. So you have to get to Ectocores' this thing. We have so many messages from you all. I cannot, you know, we talk about Syracuse fans being everywhere and we talk about Syracuse fans always being responsive and, you know, and, and, and just, you know, their support for the team and this and that. It's, it's like this, you know, it's, it, when I asked you to give me what you're going to remember most about this season, the outpouring, uh, I mean, the, the responses that you gave were, I mean, so many, so many to fill up a half an hour and probably then some, cause we haven't even scratched the surface of what you all had written to me. I want to get to what ectocores had to say here. Let's see what he had. Let's see, let's see, let's see. He said, send my regards to the team, proud of this crew. He had sent that to me and how proud he was of this team. Actually sent that while I was walking into the locker room. And and I did tell the guys that, you know, I congratulated them. I congratulated one of them on the game that they lost. Because of the effort and the and just everything that they did to get there. Let's get into, there's so many more on here. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, I'm reading your comments this morning on a question that I posed to you about Syracuse this season. I said, what, would you, what are you going to remember the most about this Syracuse Orange men's basketball season? And you all answered, and not only answered, but answered in just like droves and droves and droves of people. So I read off a bunch of things that you had to say. There's so much more coming up here, and we're going to get to those in just a moment. We're going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. I think it's time that we unveil this Chick-fil-A commercial that was created right here on Wake Up Call. This is my commercial that I made for them, edited right here, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So I want you to take a listen in to this Chick-fil-A commercial inside of this fast break, created and aired right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, being unveiled right now. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. 
it's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. I have not felt good. I've traveled all over the place. I've been stuck in airports. But you know what, folks? Life is great. Life is wonderful. God sent me so many blessings on the road. I got to meet so many good people. I got to share my show and and share my thoughts and and my feelings as well as hear what other people do for a living and and hear their thoughts and feelings while I was on the road. And whether I was on a plane or in an Uber or at a game or whatever it may be, I got to meet so many of you and I hope that you're listening because you know I did hand you the card and and say that I hoped you tuned in, and and I really hope that you do, because the people that I got to meet, you know, just good-hearted, kind people who are out there busting their tail and doing what they can do, and at the same time, you know, talking to a stranger, and all it takes is a hello. And when I was going down to Omaha, my first flight, I sat next to somebody, and I decided to say hi. And if I never had said hello, we probably would have been on a flight together for a couple hours in silence. But because I said hello, God only knows and sky's the limit to what that conversation is going to turn into. I will tell you that it turned into some really good advice for a man that really needed it, me. 
and a connection that I think is going to go beyond even him and I speaking with one another. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's been special. It's been really special. And I will take that with me and all the blessings that God had set my way. All the things that just happened to work out. The hotel rooms that were beautiful. I mean, in order for me to get to that game, to cover the game of the interviews you're going to hear in just a little bit, in order for me to get these interviews that you're going to listen to in in just a little while here on the show with the Syracuse players, in order for me to get those, I had to fly from Syracuse to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Des Moines, Iowa. Then I took and rented a car and drove that two hours to Omaha, Nebraska, just so I could get to the game and be able to cover it. Not knowing if I was going to be able to see all of it, any of it, part of it. And not only did the game start like 20 minutes late, which was a huge help for me. It's little th- it's things like that. You know, where I don't expect these NCAA tournament games to start on time based on history. But for God, I was like, you know, God, I was like, if the game starts at 10, which was 9 p.m. their time in... Omaha. I said, if the game starts at, at, at 10, that would be perfect for me because then I'll have an opportunity to, to, to get there with all this traveling and all this craziness that I've done all day. And sure enough, the game started a little bit after 10. So it was supposed to start at nine 37. It got pushed to nine 59, which ultimately got pushed a little bit past 10 o'clock. And you know, I, I said, I, I did, I said to God, I was like, God, if we could just move it a little bit, if we could just make it a little bit later, because I did, I drove in the dark from Des Moines, Iowa, never been in Des Moines before, didn't know where the heck I was going, had my GPS, thank goodness, it was windy, it was raining a little bit, but I got there, two trains and an automobile <laughs> got me to Omaha, Nebraska, just to cover the game, just to be there. Not knowing if they were going to win another game after that, just to cover that game. So I want to thank God above all things. And if that offends you, if that makes you not want to listen to the show, I'm not sorry because that's what I believe in. And I know that without God, there's no way in heck that this man who didn't feel that well and was frustrated would have would have been able to get on with my trip. But I will tell you this. Even though I didn't feel that good, God made me healthy through this whole thing. Even though I didn't like that the trip was taking so long, God gave me a shot of reality over and over again to stop complaining and to see all the beauty around me. And every time I had to wait for something, and every time something wasn't made easy, and every time there was adversity, it came with a gift. It came with a gift. Every time... God put me in a place to learn patience, to learn kindness, to learn how to deal with adversity in general. Whenever he put me in a place that I didn't necessarily want to be in, it was exactly where I was supposed to be. So let me say thank you to God for all the fun I've had on this trip. And how exciting and exhilarating it has been to go from Brooklyn to home for a day and a half to Dayton, Ohio, 
straight to Detroit, Michigan to home for three or four days and then on to Omaha, Nebraska. And even the way that I got home was crazy. Omaha to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Albany. And then my wife came and picked me up in Albany yesterday. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. So, and my dog came. Can't forget Lily. Thanks to Lily for driving half the way. (laughs) But, you know, it has. It's been such a trip. I'm so excited to be on. I'm so exhausted. I'm not 100% yet, and I know that. But if I can tell you that every little bit of adversity comes with a little a little chime, a little a little charm to put on your necklace, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said that that didn't happen. Every time there's rain, there's a little rainbow that comes with every single one of them. And God sent me so many rainbows that I don't even think I don't think I deserve. So I'll take those rainbows and I'll say thank you to God. Because if I've learned anything in the last three weeks, it's that I need to say thank you more and I need to complain. Not at all. Not a little bit less. Not at all. Because complaining doesn't get you anywhere. And when life is, is this good and this wonderful... Basically, what I learned on this trip was put your money where your mouth is. You tell people to believe in blessings. You tell people to see positivity. To notice it when it's there. To look for the silver lining. And God sent me platinum lining. Gold lining. So how can I refute it? And the only thing I need to do is apologize for being hard on God and and hard on others and hard on myself because it all worked out. And it got me home this morning. Got me home today to my family. So big ups to G-O-D because he is the best. Continuing on here with your comments on the question that I posed, what will you remember most about this orange season? Christina put heart and grit, never gave up. I'm proud to say I love orange. And she didn't. She posted messages throughout this entire season saying, I know the team just lost. I know that this game was ugly. I know this happened. I know that happened, but I love my orange. I love my orange. I love my orange. I'm going to love them no matter what. So Christina, you are a true fan. And I'm going to shout you out here on today's show because I saw your messages throughout the year and you never complained. Dan F., said, Dan F is in Frank. He said, how this team, in spite of all the adversity, grew and developed. They never gave up and didn't back down to anyone. They're one of the top teams in the country. That coming from Dan, big words from him. Skip Tongue, love this name. Skip Tongue said, how they don't give up. Laura said, they made a statement. Last in doesn't mean anything to them. They gave Duke a run for their money too. True. David said, just when we started to get it right, it's over. Like reading a book with the last chapter torn out. Very good analogy. Looking forward to tip off next year to see how the story ends, as there were no seniors to lose from this team. Just miss looking forward to the next game, as do many, David, and many, many, many more after the run that they made. Randy said, for me, two things. 
Number one, the emotional comeback win over Georgetown in their arena. And number two, Tyus Battles' mid-range jumper in the final minute to Barry Sparty. That happened on my side when I was looking down at from the press area. That that shot happened on my my end where the basket was. The step back jump shot by Tyus Battle when I was like, you know, I think that was like reason number two or three that I was like Syracuse is going to end up winning this game over Michigan State. Dominic said beating Georgetown. Simple as that. Just beating Georgetown. That's it. What he'll remember most this year is beating Georgetown because that rivalry never dies. Don said development of Dolajai, potential of Brissett, and a lot of heart. It's true. Dolajai developed very quickly toward the end, and the potential of O'Shea Brissett, listen, you're going to hear what Howard Washington has to say to me about that. I'm not going to spoil that, but just listen. Eric said, uh, Eric C. said, Marek coming out of his shell, that kid is going to be special before he leaves. So he said, that kid coming out of his shell for Marek Dolajai, and he is going to be special. He's going to be special well before he leaves. Uh, Trista, Trista Lynn said, our first ever basketball game that we went to, it was the first for my daughter, who is 13, and also for my father and myself. This season was amazing, so proud of these guys. She said, we went and saw Notre Dame, the Tar Heels, and last game was Clemson, where my father and daughter sat courtside, and myself and my little one sat in the family zone. Huge for Trista. This is a first experience for her daughter, her father, and for her to go to the game. So congratulations, and I'm happy that they had a great time. And She's got a really cool picture of her daughter on here wearing cues underneath her eyelids. So that's, uh, or on her eyelids, I should say, sir. Or... Underneath her eyes. Sorry, it's a Monday morning. Don Bond said, they never let me down. They didn't listen to anyone but the coach. True that. Amy said, Amy Byrne, she said, the tourney run. Both our best games of the season, as painful as they were to live through. Hey, if it ain't cardiac cues, it ain't cues. Donald said, the progress of Marek. He said, I can't even think of someone to compare him to. One of the smartest freshmen I've seen in a long time. Amen to that. Don F. said, in the words of Marek, I'm so happy I could be a part of this team. I'm so very proud of this team. Tyus, Frank, O'Shea, this team. We had seven guys, two centers with one foot, Matt with one foot, and we won three games in the NCAA tournament, end quote. Very similar to what he said to me. They might actually be my quote. I don't know. We're going <laughs> to have to see what it was. Kim said, Every year round, every March, I love to hear all the haters of Syracuse in our 2-3 zone. And then we win. Bubba said, Bubba's one of my longest standing listeners, uh, Bubba from Kentucky, Bubba from in the heart of Louisville and Wildcat land. He said the development of Marek, number 21, he put a smile on my face. I see big, big things for him in the near future. Uh, Dan said first half points. It's Dan C. He said, you know, that's what he'll remember the most is that Syracuse, something about their first half points, I guess. I asked him to elaborate. He hasn't elaborated as of yet on that. So we'll wait and see what he meant about that. Maybe maybe that Syracuse struggled in the first half or maybe that that was all that they did. We'll, we'll have to see what he means by that in just a little bit here. And then we have uh, Jackie said making the tourney and their will to win 
Dottie said how much they improved. Loved Battle and Brissette, and Marek came through in the last few games. Uh, Larissa, who has been a longstanding supporter of the show, she put, this team has heart and fought hard each game and persevered to make it to the Sweet 16. This season and team was amazing. I bleed orange. Daniel W. A lot of Daniels out there. A lot of people that name their children correctly. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel W. said, me being a knucklehead and saying they won't make the NIT. Well, at least you can admit that you were wrong and, and that you can have some positivity coming out of it, Daniel. Sometimes going against him is the best thing because you go against him and they happen to win. Uh, Ann said, I'm not saying don't support your team. I'm just saying sometimes it's funny how the world works that you say, I don't think we're going anywhere, and then you get this amazing gift. Uh, Ann said, an awesome team that gave us exciting games right down to the final game. They improved as the season came to a close. Exclamation point. Thank you. With uh, all caps for thank you. Uh, Deirdre said, hope. I'm fourth generation Syracuse. I can't remember a season that was a toss-up. No really big names. No big seeding. Guts, hard work, and hope. Matt said, the shock and joy of seeing Syracuse pop up on Selection Sunday. Same for the team, brother. Mary Beth said, I'll remember the heart of this team that never quit and never gave up on one another. And then Tim K said, the defensive rotations in the tournament, the ability to seemingly predict a pass and get out to contest the shooter time after time after time. <laughs> making good shooting teams bad shooting teams. Also the fact that for some reason every team had a quote-unquote bad night against SU when it actually was great defense. So that's awesome. I love it. That was great. So those were all of your responses, and I'm sure there'll be more coming in, but that laundry list of responses took up a good chunk of the show, and that's because Cuse Nation and Orange Nation is proud and it is massive, and they come to play when I asked you to give me your thoughts you not only gave you didn't give me a few you gave me many so when I asked the when I asked Syracuse Nation to come out and share their thoughts on this season you came out in droves to give your thoughts and let me give you a big thank you for that I appreciate that tremendously that everything I just read that was all from you that was all you that was Twitter Facebook Syracuse Orange Empire which Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is connected to as an administrator of the group with the other great administrators like Joanne and company. And then obviously Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Twitter or on uh, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. On Twitter, it's at Call DT. So you you all, I mean, to everybody that gave their, their responses to what they'll remember most about this season, once again, I can't thank you enough. That was tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And EctoCore said, let's see what EctoCore's had to say here. He said just now, you know what is refreshing about all of this is the amazing outpour of support from the fans. Absolutely. It's Q's family for life. That's what it is. You know, you talk about all the fans that don't believe and don't this and don't that and that boo the team and yell at the team and turn their back on the team. First of all, that's not a fan. You need to check yourself, okay? That's not a fan. If your mom says she's a fan of you and you get an F on a test, she's not booing you and throwing popcorn in your face. 
If your mom says she's a fan of you and you go out to sing and you have hecklers and she's one of them, she's not, she's not a fan of you. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't expect your, your children to boo you, your parents to boo you, your husband and wife to boo you. So, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, mom doesn't, mom doesn't go out there and say, I love you, baby, no matter what you do, unless you fail and lose a game. And then I hate you for the rest of your life. You know, that's, that's not, that's not a good mother. So why as a fan, do you think it's okay? You know what I mean? Like we, in our normal personal lives, don't expect our children, our parents, our grandparents, our spouses, our significant others, our animals to boo us and bark at us and hiss at us and whatever at us. We, we don't expect that because that's not what family does. It's not what support does. So if you say you're a part of the Q's family, you should not be booing the team unless, I mean, if the team is, is, is out there punching people in the face and wreaking havoc, I mean, that's not Syracuse's way, but I'm just saying, I mean, that's not the Syracuse team, but if this team is going out, doing everything that they can, fighting as hard as they could fight, giving it all that they have and doing things the right way and not breaking the rules and not being cheap shots and not doing the booty Grayson Allen bump and all that stuff. I mean, when you look at Syracuse and how hard they fought this season, I know there were people that turned their back on them. There's people that turn their back on Syracuse every year. If you want to see people turning their back on Syracuse, just go to any football game ever in the last decade. But what it comes down to is you're either a fan or you're not. You're either a supporter or you're not. You're not a fair-weather supporter. You're not a fair-weather fan because those people are detestable. They're disgusting. A fair-weather fan is disgusting. And if I'm offending you, you're a fair-weather fan. If I'm offending you with this PSA, well, then wake the heck up because fair-weather fans, you should know something about Syracuse. The weather is not always fair. So this is not a place for a fair-weather fan. It's as simple as that. The weather is not always fair, and so this is not a place for a fair-weather fan. Fair weather means the sun is out in blue skies. When it's snowing, what do you do? Lock yourself in your house and pray that somebody comes and shovels you out of your driveway? I mean, come on. The truth of the matter is, when Syracuse is winning, everybody's a fan. But when Syracuse hits adversity, when things don't work out, when there's no star players, when it's this, that, and the other, what do people do? They freak out. They get upset. They get angry. They get mad. They turn their back. You're not, you know, you, you, do, you can have your opinions. You're more than entitled to have an opinion. You're more than entitled to go out there and feel how you feel. You are more than entitled to that. What you should not be doing is disrespecting and disregarding the team that you claim to love and support. Don't say, I hate Syracuse and I hate this team and I hate this season and then go out and buy your Syracuse shirt and go, oh, I love Syracuse. I've always loved Syracuse. Because people know that you didn't. Here's the thing. People tend to always come back, right? People tend to always come back. They do. They tend to co- they, they tend to always come back. But this is a perfect quote that I just saw from Donovan D on Twitter. He said, stop allowing people with bad energy and vibes taint your life. 
Stop allowing people with bad energy and vibes to taint your life. Stop allowing people with bad energy and vibes to taint your life. How true is that? Because Syracuse knew it. They said it to me in the locker room. They said, we know that we don't have everybody's support. We know that our own fans have turned their backs on us. We know that. They knew, those of you that turn your back on Syracuse, they know who you are. They know that. And they kept moving despite that. If Syracuse Nation should know anything, it's that with or without you, this team is going to fight. They don't need you to fight. You need them. You need them. They're going to fight no matter what. Whether 13 of you show up at the Dome or 30,000. They're going to fight. And they did. Because all the games that I went to, some of them had a good amount of Syracuse fans. A lot of them, it was kind of here, there, and everywhere. To the ones that showed up, God bless you. It was very hard to get to Omaha, Nebraska. But they were going to play no matter what. They were counted out by their own fan base. And they won anyways. They won and gave you something to celebrate about, even if you turned your back on them. They're that person that mom says, don't screw up this relationship. Because I like them. Mom takes you aside at dinner and says, don't mess it up with this boy, huh? Because I like him. That's what this team is. Whether they had support or not, they supported each other. In the trenches, they love each other, they support each other. Out of the trenches, they love each other, and they support each other. So it would behoove you, if you own Syracuse Apparel and or call yourself a Syracuse fan, to know that this is not a wagon to get on. But yet, Syracuse isn't on a train. They're not on a plane. They're not in a car. They're not in a wagon. They're walking this thing. They're running this thing. Blood, sweat, and tears. This is like walking through Egypt sometimes, it feels like. But that's what they do. And to the people that stuck by them and loved them, this is your win too. And this season wasn't a loss. To lose 69-65 to to Duke, that wasn't a loss. That's the first thing I felt when they came out of this game. I said, I took a step back and I went, they ended this respectfully. They came out of this respectfully. They did. Syracuse lost this game with dignity. They lost to Duke. But did that really special thing that a team does sometimes where even in a loss they gather so much 
respect and appreciation. I think that they earn more respect this season than in past seasons where they are expected to be so good. So watch out. Because Cuse is coming. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. And speaking of Cuse coming, you're going to hear from the Orange in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're doing well this morning on Monday, March 26th, as we're going through NCAA tournament conversation, reading your comments on what you'll remember most about this Syracuse season, and so much more, including, coming up right now, my one-on-one conversations with the Syracuse Orange team following their run to the Sweet 16. So their run to the Sweet 16 ended in the Sweet 16, and I have my conversations with them from Omaha, Nebraska, from the locker room. We're going to start off with Marek Dolajai in our one-on-one conversation and what Marek had to say about this season, what his takeaways are of this being his first ever season in college basketball and getting to play in four tournament games, winning three of them. I'm really happy to be part of this team and really proud of this team, what we did, what we done, and nobody expected we can win uh, three games in March Madness, but we won. We work out every day, all guys work out uh, to get better in the game. I'm really proud of this team. You guys won three games in five days. Just what you could say about that, having a short bench? It was really tough, but all this season was playing 40 minutes. Uh, ACC is about travel, play every today, every free, uh, free day. It's tough, but I'm really proud we won really three games, in De- uh, two games in Detroit, one in Dayton. Nobody expected that. You went from Brooklyn and had a little break, Dayton, straight to Detroit, and then a few days in Omaha. Just just what that all was to you? For me, like, I had games, but I, I just had fun and play with the best team in the nation. What makes this team the best in the nation, in your opinion? This this team, how we fight. Really, I think how we fight is we fight 40 minutes and this four, three guys will fight 40 minutes all the time. I'm so proud of them. And your jump shot evolved quickly in this tournament. Just what you could say about working on your jump shot. I work on it uh, all the time. They changed my uh, shoot, um, how I shoot in the start of the season. I work on it every day and try to make it better. And I try to make shots. <laughs> you had a, a turnaround one-handed jump shot in this game too as well. Just, just what you can say about the confidence that you just continue to have throughout this tournament in your shot. I just feel more confident with my shot. And teammates more trust me. They pass me more balls, and they know I can make the shots. O'Shea talked about Tyus and Frank being leaders. What can you say about their leadership? They're, I think the best leaders that I ever had. They was really nice. They're always uh, focused on what you must do. Always uh, told uh, what you must do. They always talk something and. It would play good, they was happy, but like bad uh, they just they were true leaders. What was the difference in this game? Because you guys came with in one of Duke multiple times. What was the difference? Uh, what do you mean? Like as far as what kept them in the lead, even though you guys kept getting close? 
Uh, we just fight and make some easy shots from middle of the zone. The middle of the zone was wide open and we just make some shots. And then what were you seeing from them when you were playing defense? How they were getting inside? They are really big, uh, strong, athletic. It's hard. The center must be more down and uh, block the uh, alley up. Your family had to watch these games at crazy times. <laughs> Just what you could say about their support. I'm so thankful for them. They're watching every day, every game. Uh, they watch during season every game. My father did, and I'm really happy. I hope his parents. Do you plan on going back to, are you going back to visit now that the season's over? Uh, I will go home after season. You will? Uh, after school. How long do you go home? I don't, I'm not sure. Not sure. And then, when you, how hard is it to, to be away from them? Oh, I'm good. I'm, but I'm happy to be go home during summer and spend time with them. And then just kind of looking forward, just how proud you are of, of these guys in the locker room as you move forward. We are, I'm really proud. We have seven guys: uh, Brahma, Pascal, Matt. Have problem with ankles. They hurt some, uh, all, all the time. Something hard uh, knee. So, I don't know. I'm really proud of this team. That coming from Marek Dolajai, heading back to Slovakia this summer to go visit his family. How about that? Heading back to Slovakia to go see his family. And I love that. I said, how are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Spoken like a true college kid. That coming from Marek Dolezal. Coming up next is Pascal Chuku in our conversation. Even though this isn't the ending they wanted, they kept the game close. This is what Pascal had to say about, oh, pardon me. I want to get to Barama before Pascal. Let me do that first. So Barama Sidibe, just his takeaway from this game. And then we'll get over to Pascal. This is what Barama had to say. Uh, they, you can take away from them, they are a great team. So we just battled tonight. We gave everything we can. And they have, they have a good team, so they deserve to win. You came within one point of them multiple times in the second half. Just what you can say about as close as you got, they were still separating it. Mm, that's how, that's the part of basketball game. So we just got to, sometimes we just got to play better defense. We did good tonight, but I mean, if we did play a little bit better, we could end up winning the game. Some of the turnovers that happened in the second half, I mean, do you think that that's ultimately the difference in the game, or is there something else that you uh, took away? People can say anything they want. That might be different from some people. From my point, from my perspective, that wasn't different. So we, we battled tonight. We play hard as we can. So. When you look at this season, this team has nothing to be disappointed about. I mean, it doesn't end the way that you want it to, but just what you can say about how hard this team fought and how... Uh, How many I've, wins you took away from this? I thought that was a great season. We have like basically like seven guys, <coughs> and two of them are are Ed, including me. So I think we had a great season. So we just gotta look forward for next year. So as a freshman, you were able to get three victories inside of the NCAA tournament. Your first chance in the tournament. Just what you took away from being in the tournament? I think it was it was a great feeling, and it was a great feeling as a freshman. So be be able to experience a little bit, be beside. All the people here who has been longer than the team, so I think it was a great feeling for everybody. So, for you going up against guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Marvin Bagley the third, just what you could say about them? Uh, they are great players. Their team, their teammates look for for them every time. So whenever you play in defense, you gotta know that they're gonna look for them because they scored the most of their points whole season. So 
Sometimes they're gonna make a wide open shot. You can do nothing about it because they're gonna look for them every time. You had moments in this season that came up huge for Syracuse, and you've been playing the whole year, not at 100%. Just what you could say about you know now moving forward, getting your body right, and coming back and, and being even stronger next year. Uh, it's gonna be very challenging for me next week probably. I probably might have to take a surgery next week, and from there I gotta work. I mean I gotta work hard every day now to make sure my knee is right for next next season. That coming from Barama Sidibe once again. And coming up next here is his fellow center in the trenches, and that is Pascal Chuku. And what Pascal had to say to me about the game not ending the way that they wanted it to against Duke, yet they kept the game so close. Just what he could say about coming off of a game like that where they were able to just push Duke, push Duke, push Duke, but ultimately not overtake Duke, Duke in the game. I mean, it was it was one of those games. You know, it was pretty close. Now I'm pretty sure both teams think they had it. And certainly, we were confident. You know, going into the game, and you know, we started off playing really good. Our defense was good. We we're knocking down shots, but we had like a stretch when everything didn't go the way we planned. And I think that's when they just, um, you know, pressed on the pedal and never looked back. You know, we had, we had to kind of fight from behind. And it was pretty close. We were just, you know, one or two plays away from winning the game. But unfortunately, we didn't. So, you know, um, you know it, it didn't work out our, the way we wanted it, but, you know, what can we do? When you look at going up against guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Marvin Bagley III, just what you can say about what they did inside and, and just what it was to match up with them? I mean, obviously, they're really good players. So when you're playing them, you have to kind of be on, the, on your toes. Because one bad, um, um, one bad mistake, they might take advantage of it. You know, they took advantage of it a couple of times tonight. And you know, that's like you know what I'm saying. Like when you play guys like that, you have to, you know, be really vigilant and try to eliminate all those little mistakes. Because you know, those kind of mistakes might cost you a game. And you know, we we played a pretty good defense, but you know, a couple of times that they had, they played it. You know, they had a good offense going and they were able to get a couple of layups and you know, knock down shots. But you know, going like we had them where we wanted them, but we just couldn't finish. What was it about that? What was the disconnect that you said you had them where you wanted them, but she just didn't finish? Um, you, you know, the game was close. You know, we set up good, and you know, I think you know, if we you know, if like the way the game started, if he stayed like that, I think we'll have you know, one no doubt. But we just had that stretch when things went clicking for us, and we had to dig dig deep to find that again. But you know, but that time was too late because you know they already had the lead and they just kept on going. Like we uh, we came back, but you know it, it wasn't uh, obviously it wasn't enough. I think you know a couple down, we they just had um, they eliminated all the all their mistakes, and you know they didn't let us. You know when we trap, they you know, got out of it, and you know, we couldn't just, you know, make a good, you know, defensive turnover. And I think if we did that, they would have had a chance, but they just made, um, 
as you said, we played last season. You your season was cut short, and then you had to have eye surgery. This season, you got to play a full season and see this team and help this team get three wins in five days and, and get to where you got to in the Sweet 16. Just what you can say about what you're taking away positively from this season. I mean, there's a lot to take away. I mean. I just thank God I finished the season because you know <laughs> last year was um, it was kind of tough and to come back and you know play heavy minutes and still uh, you know be somewhat healthy till the end you know uh, I'm really happy. <laughs> but I mean obviously I, uh, I wish we went on the way but you know obviously we couldn't do that but you know it's work, um, it's time to get ready and. Um, for next year, and you know, see where that, see what happens. Honestly, for me, just the pride you have in this team, and the, the pride that you have in, in these players, to look around this locker room and know that sometimes you guys had to do it with five guys, six guys, maybe seven, and the fact that from the outside looking in, nobody wanted to give you, not a lot of people wanted to give you guys any credit, and you just dug deep and did what you had to do. I mean, you know, you, you always gotta have people like that, you know, people that gonna so you can't do anything, or um, or teams are better than you but you know those guys are not the one playing they just you know talking and you know we just try to like you know not listen to those guys too much and you know play the game as far as this team you know we had a lot of ups and down and we kept fighting like you know that's all we can do you know just ignore the outside noise and you know keep fighting it shows like you know all these every one of us you know play with heart play 110 percent every, every time they were out there and we, you know we had success you know even though all those you know step we have a couple step back but we still had success and you know we're still here and you know i mean i'm trying Shout out my man, um, <laughs> Coach Cabellis and Brad. You know they kept us in there. Brad made sure we um we're healthy. Like you know something hurting, you talk to him. He makes sure you're good for the next game or practice. And Cabellis kept us in there. You know kept our conditioning up. So I think without those guys, I think a lot of us um, we might not be here. Like they really helped us. You know get here. What can you say about you know going off of that respect with Barama? I mean, Barama didn't get to. He played this entire season hurt yeah. and fought through it. Had some big moments and big opportunities that he created for the team. Just what you can say about you know Barama being a fellow center with you and and knowing that he didn't have 100 percent of himself this year. I mean, he's, you know, I wouldn't say I know where he uh, what he was he's going through because I really don't. But you know, him being hurt and still you know. Stay to it and you know practice played you know when we you know did what was required of him um by this team by coach you know it really shows that you know he's uh, you know in the beginning of the season i saw him play he's a really good player and you know being around him you can see like you know you rehearse him that he's not you know doing you know he's not 100 percent he's not doing what he wants to do out there but i think you know he's somebody to look for um um, you know, look after for next year because you know when he's 100%. I think you know this team we um, um, would have you know been a lot better if he was out there. But unfortunately, it wasn't. But you know, it shows a, a lot of heart for him to you know you know not quit on the team and still stay with the team even though he was hurting. When he's out there, he's playing and still you know play to the end. You know, shows um, how tough he is.
and it wouldn't be a conversation between you and I if I didn't bring up the free throws. So, what does it feel like for you to be one of the best seven-foot free throw shooters in the country? Uh, I mean, you definitely feel good because you know, you know, I, I like talking about Barry. I just had a flashback to missing the one I had today, but you know, it does. It does something. I walk. I work on every day after practice, so like you know, I expect to like you know make those. Like I can't be sh working on it that hard and like you know miss him. So like uh, I shoot like hundred every practice. Like I would work hard and those. So like when I make him, you know, I see a lot of people like surprised. But personally, I'm not because you know that's something I expect from myself. This is a wake-up call, fast break. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hearing from the Syracuse Orange in my one-on-one conversations with the team from Omaha in the locker room following their final game of the NCAA tournament this year inside of the Sweet 16, which ended 69-65 to against the ACC rival Duke 
Blue Devils, but nothing to hang their heads about by any stretch of the imagination, nor should any fan of Syracuse be hanging their heads after watching the way that this team played this season, especially playing their best basketball down the stretch. You heard from Barama Sidibe, Marek Dolajai, as well as Pascal Chuku, and it is now time to hear plenty more interviews from the Syracuse Orange. Got a bunch more here for you in my one-on-one conversations with the team from the locker room. Next up is Tyus Battle on the accomplishments and the pride that he has in this team this year, despite the final loss. I mean, uh, it's been an amazing run. I mean, people count on us out before the season even started. So uh, just to make this tournament run and make it to the Sweet 16 and have a pretty good, a pretty hard road to the Final Four and to the championship, uh, these guys did an amazing job. When you look at O'Shea was talking about how your leadership and Frank's leadership meant the world to him and is going to make him a good leader on this team next year, just what you can say about that. I mean, o- O'Shea has grown so much uh, just from the summer to now. I mean, he's uh, putting a lot of hard work, especially with Coach Red. Um, throughout the seasons, there's always ups and downs, especially for a freshman. I, I went through it. So uh, just to see him in a tournament averaging 18 and 10, it's just it's, it's amazing to see. Three wins in five days, and you're one of the guys playing 40 minutes. Just what you can say about looking back on that. The season didn't end the way that you wanted it to, but this team got to the Sweet 16. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the three of us playing 40 minutes. Um, we only pretty much only play seven guys. Uh, we've been through injuries throughout the whole entire season. Uh, so for these guys to fight through uh, the injuries and the, and the ups and downs, it's, it's, it's amazing. That coming from Tyus Battle. Once again, Tyus Battle coming off of his sophomore season. Everybody hoping, 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 wishing, and praying that he is going to stay with Syracuse for another run next year. What he has put on Twitter so far, I'll let you know some some updates on social media and what he has said. Uh, Tyus, it's been an amazing run. This team gave it all they had, even when many people counted us out. I couldn't be more proud of this team and to play with these guys. And then had that attitude all year, wouldn't trade none of these good men, had a good year and better run. Hashtag stay tuned is what Tyus has said so far. Coming up next is Matt Moyer about what he could say about this season. He's been involved with the team this year on and off, and he was called upon in the rounds of 32 and the round of the Sweet 16 as well. This is what Matt Moyer had to say about the team this year. Um, it was a it turned from a season that you know looked like you know could have been another NIT to a season that was incredible. And when you look at what you did in this tournament to win three games in five days and the fact that this team only had you know five six guys sometimes seven guys just we could say you took away from a season where they counted you out and you got three wins inside of the NCAA tournament. Um, it was remarkable. Um, it was absolutely remarkable. Um, just uh, you know what we've done. Um, it's just uh, it's a, it's, it was a, it was a special season. Special season for me. Can you take some positives, even though it doesn't end the way that you wanted to? Can you look around at this locker room and see some positives moving forward? I mean, obviously, the positive is you know we made it this far, but you know it kind of hurts to see you know uh, see us go against a Duke team that didn't shoot it as well, but um, you know still still kind of kept that comfortable gap. Um, when I think we could have broken that gap, but I mean, like I said, it's basketball and. All credit goes to them, and they won the game. What was the difference when 
the team, your team came within one multiple times? Um, it's just you know whenever whenever we got you know extremely close and you know they 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 came or we came we came close. Uh, it seems like they always got like an easy basket. You know, uh, Marvin for a dunk or something to just keep the keep the lead that little comfortable. I think like three point three to five point gap and. Um, that's just what hurt us ultimately. Pride in the guys when you look around this locker room, just what you could say about the team? Um, you know, we were some warriors. You know, we fought. Um, people people didn't have us going this far and even getting in. So, I mean, we, we, we exceeded, exceeded our expectations, but I think we still could have did more. But, you know, credit goes to Duke. They, they did a good job. From Matthew Moyer to O'Shea Brissett, from the redshirt freshman to the true freshman, O'Shea Brissett is next up here on the show. I want to thank Matt for his time. Matt's always been good to me. All the guys have been. And, you know, Matt, for somebody that's gone through some personal adversity of being able to be out there on the floor and then some injuries and things that have gone on, he's been a great sport, and he has definitely been supportive of his brothers on the team, and that has been huge for this squad. You can't underestimate the closeness of a locker room and what that means to the court. O'Shea Brissett is up next on the separation in this game. What was it about Duke? They brought it close numerous times, Syracuse did, brought it down to one on numerous occasions in the second half. What was the separation? Uh, you know, they got easy buckets. We worked for, you know, every bucket we uh, tried to get, um, you know, fouls, free throws, um, contested shots um, while they were getting, you know, easy tip and stuff like that. So, you know, easy bucket compared to a tough bucket, you know, it's always going to be the easy one that comes out on top. Just what you can say defensively that you were seeing going up against them, you know, when you guys were in your zone, just how they moved around, just what led to some of those easy buckets, those baseline moves that they made? Um, it was just, you know, lobs, really. They didn't do anything special. Um, we got up on their shooters really well. Uh, they missed about seven or something in a row. Um, but, you know, you just got to give credit to, you know, their big guys down low. Uh, you know, grabbing those rebounds, putting the back up, or you know, catching the lob that they were throwing. So uh, you know, they didn't do anything. You know, that was something that we haven't seen before. It was very ordinary, but you know, it was just they have those those guys down low. What was the separation, in your opinion? Was it the turnovers? You know, th- I know there was two turnovers back to back that led to points for them. Do you think that that ultimately was the difference? Um, you know, I can't really pinpoint one thing. Um, you know, in a whole, there was a lot of mistakes that we made that you know we should have capitalized on. Uh, once we got them. You know, where we wanted them on defense, they weren't scoring. We should have capitalized on the offensive end. Um, but, you know, it's just it's everything in a whole. You can't really say, talk about one thing. You guys, not just in this game, but in other games inside of this tournament, pushed those teams into foul trouble, got them in the bonus early, and then got to go to the line. Just what you can say about doing things like that, knowing that you don't have a deep bench, but you were able to get some freebies there, not just in this game, but throughout the tournament. Um, you know, that's been the mindset, uh, especially today in the second half. Coach told us to attack. Um, you know, we got in the middle a lot, attacked myself, I attacked a lot. And, you know, getting them into foul trouble, like you said. So uh, just sticking with the same mindset. Uh, knowing that we got to, you know, attack everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who, um, something that we got to do. Down the stretch, it was still a game, and you had that leaner. Just what you can say about that. I mean, it's a phenomenal play offensively. Mm-hmm. Just what you can say about that. Uh, you know, coach, coach told me to get the ball, make a play, and, um, you know, he has trusted me, and I knew you know, I was going to knock it down, whatever happened. Um, you know, just, just another play. You're a true freshman, and you got to go to the NCAA tournament your first season. You guys won three games in five days. Just what you could say about, you know, even though it doesn't end the way that you want it to, just what you took away from it, especially knowing that you were one of those guys that had to play 40 minutes <laughs> and when you're playing three in five days. Uh, you know, it's thrilling. Something that a lot of guys don't get to experience, even, you know, upperclassmen. 
Um, you know, I'm just so blessed, you know, with the abilities that I have to come in here and um, you know play the minutes that I do and you know get get the role that I have on this team. Um, you know, it's a great team, a lot of great players on on the squad. So, you know, I'm just blessed that coach you know put me in that role. So, you know, the guys that are coming in next year, I feel like I'm able to educate them and let them know you know a lot about you know how the season should be and you know stuff like that. Tyus stepped up as a leader as a sophomore this season. You're talking about being a leader next year as a sophomore. Just bring me into that. Um, you know, you come in as a freshman, you know, wanting to learn. Um, great players always, you know, learn first before they try to, you know, lead. Uh, and, you know, I had, you know, two guys, two great players in front of me uh, teaching me the ways, teaching me how, you know, Syracuse basketball is supposed to be, uh, Tyus and Frank. So, you know, next year I feel like, you know, like I said, I could, you know, help those guys out um, because I've, you know, I've been here and I've experienced so much. So, um, you know, the guys that are coming in next year, I'll be able to, you know, just calm them down. Because um, I know, you know, as a freshman coming in, there's a lot of pressure, especially those guys there, you know, top-ranked players. Um, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to do well. But, um, you know, I feel like I'll be able to, you know, help them and, you know, just settle them down a little bit so the game comes easy. Honestly, for me, just what you could say about the biggest pieces of knowledge that you learned that you've taken away from Frank and Tyus at this point? Um, just attack everybody. Um, you know, those guys, they, they have their scoring mindset. And, you know, that's something that I'm really trying to get. Um, you know, watching Tyus play. Um, see him go at, at anyone that's in front of him is, you know, it's something great to see. So, you know, um, I'm just going to add that, that piece to my game. You know, whoever's in front of me, just try to go at them because, you know, I know I have the skill for it. So, um, you know, that's, that's just, uh, you know, a personal thing, um, just taking it any, that anyone's in front of me. That coming from O'Shea Brissett. And for those wondering, what's O'Shea going to do? How many times did he say in our one-on-one conversation right there, I'm going to be here for the guys next year. I'm going to teach the guys next year. I can teach these guys next year. I can help these guys next year. I can do this with these guys next year. I can calm them down next year with this, this, and this. So should give fans some peace, at least with O'Shea Brissett. Coming up next is his teammate in my one-on-one conversation with Howard Washington Jr., who got hurt this year and has had to have surgery and is in the rehab process. He was on the sideline, but what his takeaway was from the team's run this year and so much more is coming up from Howard. Uh, I mean, it's been great. Like, I mean, definitely unexpected. I mean, we were, you seen, everybody seen the videos and stuff online. Like, we didn't know if we were getting in the tournament. We didn't know what was going on. I mean, every, every game we played our hardest. We only ended up with 20 something wins or whatever. But, I mean, nobody expected us to be here. We, I don't think a lot, a lot of us probably didn't expect for us to be here at this point. Um, I mean, I, just, I guess that just shows, like, the grit and determination that the team brings every day to practice, every day on the road, every day, you know, just in the locker room. Just, we're all, we're a unit. I mean, our motto all year has been, next guy up and everybody showed that like uh like Gina left in the beginning of the season I was the next guy up I can't I went out Frank Tyus or those guys had to step up play every minute of every game and I mean at some point the, the gas runs out of the car so I mean we, I'm really proud of all of them I talk to them all the time and try to support them give them as much leadership and, and support and get them up get them ready to play and stuff like that as much as I can but I mean I'm so happy and not surprised but definitely not surprised because I know how hard we work every day in practice and stuff like that but it's been a great run for sure. Three wins in five days for a team that had five, five and a half, maybe six guys out there at a time. Uh, like I said, it's just our determination, our great guys. You know, guys do what they have to do to be ready for the next game. Uh, I mean, whether it's going to get extra shots for the next game or rehab, getting back, uh, doing the boots, icing, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I feel like this is just like a team of professionals and everybody helps. I mean, that's what happens when I mean, guys have to play 82 games a year in the NBA and stuff like that. So just. 
the preparation was was the key, and having five or six, seven of guys that play every night, play 43 guys, have to do the majority of the stuff. It's just it's tough, but I mean we did it this year. So before you got hurt, just we can say what the maybe disconnect was this season for you that there wasn't a lot of minutes out there for you. What coach kind of maybe said to you and some advice maybe he gave? Um, just you know, just being ready and just waiting for my opportunity. I worked hard the same hard if I was playing, if I wasn't playing. Um, I was always ready and it's just, I mean, it's just coach's choice at that point. I did what I had to do to prepare to be ready and like I said, I mean, it's just coach's choice at that point. What did you learn from having to watch when you were healthy and if you didn't get some minutes out there, what did you learn this season? Um, I mean, I think it's just like watching film. If you're watching from the sideline, it's like watching film. You can see, you know, for the next year, what type of schemes, how to how to adjust to certain things. Um, like like you guys were talking about, how to play against different zones, different mans, different. This just like basically like watching film and just being a part of the team still is, is great. Your teammate O'Shea Brissett from the Athlete Institute had a hell of a season and was one of the four. Minute man, just what you can say you took away from his play. Uh, I mean, it's just I, I know he can do it. We, I, I mean, I know him, one of my closest friends. Um, I wasn't surprised at all. Great player, great friend, great off the court, on the court. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I mean, hopefully, can, hopefully, we'll see what he's doing next year. Who knows? And hopefully, he's back and we see another great year from him. What have we seen anywhere near what O'Shea can be? Yet? No, I mean, sky's the limit for him. I mean, he's Working on his shot every day, working on his ball handling every day. I mean, the only thing I think is reaches max capacity is his height or whatever. But <laughs> jumping, like athleticism, different finishes and stuff around the rim. And he's, he works hard every day. Red does a great job with him, and sky's the limit for him for sure. And lastly, for me, as far as Frank Howard, just what you can say you've taken away from him is, is the only other point guard on the roster this season. Just what he's taught you. Uh, just like a, like an older brother on the court, off the court. Um, I asked some questions, but stuff about the like I was telling you guys in the beginning, stuff about the zone, different stuff like that. Um, but other than that, I just looked up to him, talked to him a lot. Uh, we became close friends, and I mean, he's a great person on and off the court. That coming from Howard Washington Jr., Howard Washington Jr., teammate uh, and good friend of O'Shea Brissett from the Athlete Institute uh, when they were both up in Canada. O'Shea from Canada and Howard coming out of Buffalo both playing at the Athlete Institute and, and being teammates together there, then coming to Syracuse and being teammates, O'Shea becoming one of the 40-minute men, and Howard really not getting a lot of time out there as a true freshman. Saw some time, and then eventually, you know, as the season went on, he got hurt and wasn't able to play. So, you know, Howard Washington, the, the question mark is still in the air. Fans want to know what they're going to get, what they're going to see, where it's going to go from here. And it's going to be exciting to see where we go from here with somebody like Howard Washington and where he's going to fit in and what he can mean to this team moving forward. So I'm definitely excited to see where he will be and and where things will go from here. And I appreciate him being a part of the show as always. Uh, Always a great guy, very kind, very professional, has handled this season like a champion and, you know, that goes a long way. Those are the stories that don't get told or how these guys that aren't playing, how are they handling things? Or if they're hurt, how are they handling? Or if they don't get a lot of minutes, how are they handling? So definitely appreciate them and, and thank them for all that they do. And Howard Washington for being an amazing sport this season. And, and hopefully we'll be able to shine himself because if the Athlete Institute 
has shown you anything with their talent with O'Shea Brissett, you know, there's more to be had. And, I, you know, for somebody like Howard, for the way that he works, I really hope that things work out for him. We'll take a fast break. We'll come back to wrap up the show in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing and don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Thank you for tuning in, as always, every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That is Eastern Time, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I know we have a, a ton of listeners here in central and upstate New York, up and down the East Coast, but we also have listeners in the Midwest and the West Coast. And as I continue to travel and cover cover different things outside of central and upstate New York in these areas, you know, we undoubtedly are going to gain some more people there too. So thank you to everybody that's listened and thank you to all the cities that have allowed me to come there and do the show live, including Dayton, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, and Brooklyn, New York, as well as, uh, you know, the videos that we did in Omaha, Nebraska, this NCAA tournament and ACC tournament time. So a big thanks to each of those cities and 
and to everybody that tunes into the show. Really appreciate it, and thank you so much for it. Getting you set for this week. We got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Very excited about what's coming on. So we're going to have plenty of different interviews and some uh, some awesome surprises. I have a feeling some some cool things are coming your way as a listener. So I'm very excited for that. We're obviously going to hear from Syracuse Orange alum on this season and what they took away from it. And we'll have plenty coming up here this week as we get set for Easter. We're inside of Holy Week. We just had Palm Sunday. We're going to have Good Friday, Holy... What is it? Good Thursday. Went Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. So got a lot coming up here. Hope that you're all doing very well. And I appreciate you being a part of the show once again. Make sure you find the show on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, on YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. And you can find it all, including articles, videos, the show archives, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, as well as the downloadable app powered by Podbean, all in one place on WakeUpCallDT.com. That's wakeupcalldt.com. DT for Dan Tortora, as always. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Have yourselves a great day. And I want to make a note here, two quick things. Number one, we're doing our first ever broadcast from Chick-fil-A live on location. Come out and see us tonight, March 26th at 6 p.m. We're going to be doing our first show at CNS. So as you know, I've done some shows with Baldwinsville. We do a monthly show with the West Genesee Wildcats at the Wildcat Sports Pub. That same type of model is being taken to Chick-fil-A Cicero and will feature Cicero North Syracuse every single month. And so our first month here in March, we will be featuring CNS Girls Lacrosse, and I will be at Chick-fil-A tonight, and I'm going to be there. I want to let you know really quick here who's coming up. So come and see us tonight for dinner at Chick-fil-A Cicero in Cicero, New York, obviously, and you'll come and see Jess Foley, Olivia Messina, and Caitlin Lippert of the CNS Girls Lacrosse team, as well as their head coach, Lloyd Hamilton. So make sure that you come out and see us at Chick-fil-A Cicero on 7916 Brewerton Road. That's 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York at 6 p.m. today, March 26th. We will unveil Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live on location at Chick-fil-A. Long time coming, folks, and I could not be happier to make a statement like that. So Chick-fil-A Cicero tonight, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York. Come and see our live broadcast at Chick-fil-A Cicero with the CNS Girls Lacrosse Team, head coach Lloyd Hamilton, as well as players Olivia Messina, Caitlin Lippert, and Jess Foley at 6 p.m. tonight. And the other thing I want to say is I want to put out a very special prayer for a grandma in the community here I'm just going to pray for her and pray that she has peace, pray for a miracle. I know that God creates those as well, so I'm, I'm just praying and hoping that everything will work out for a grandmother in our community that needs your love, needs your prayers, and needs your support right now. So send the love to Grandma and to all her loved ones, and God bless to each and every single one of you. Thank you to you all for listening to the show, and I will see you tonight at Chick-fil-A at 6 p.m., and I'll see, and I'll, you'll hear from me tomorrow morning on Tuesday, March 27th, 
at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. God bless and a thank you to everybody on the show today. Howard Washington Jr., O'Shea Brissett, Barama Sidibe, Pascal Chuku, Marek Dolajai, as well as, did I miss anybody here? So Marek, Pascal, Barama, O'Shea Brissett, Tyus Battle, as well as Howard Washington Jr. and Matt Moyer. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, and thanks to you for being a part of the show as well. God bless, have a great day, and I will see you at Chick-fil-A. See what I did there? Little rhyme, little Dr. Seuss before we end the show. Have a good day, folks.